0: to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations.
1: (laughs) Mandala is a Sanskrit word that means circle, Mandalas generally have one center point from which emanates an array of symbols, shapes, and forms. Many tribes throughout North America also used mandalas as ways to connect with the gods. These were often circular forms made from the skins of animals that were hunted and incorporated feathers and other found objects. Native Americans believe that the mandala represents the circle of life and the path from birth to death, the unification of man, nature, and the spiritual in a cyclical form, a way to connect with the creators. While mandalas are used as physical forms of design in many native tribes, the circular pattern is also essential to ceremonial practices and rituals. It is found in many dances, both in individual movements and as a greater movement around a central point, often a fire or important figure. Drawing and coloring a mandala can be a highly enriching personal experience in which you look inside yourself and find the shapes, colors, and patterns to represent anything from your current state of mind to your most deeply desired wish for yourself, for a loved one, or for humanity. You can design a mandala to symbolize a state of mind that you would like to achieve. Mandalas are great tools for meditation and increasing self-awareness. Many different cultures around the world use mandalas in their spiritual practices. The best thing about designing your own mandala is that you have the freedom to choose whatever shapes and colors that you feel express your sense of self and your view of reality. Your mandala is yours, and you have the freedom to use your creativity to create a mandala drawing that is uniquely you, writes Monica. Valeria interviews Monica Chilmi. Born in Italy and living in the UK, Monica is a professional artist, author, and transformational life coach with a strong spiritual connection with Japan and its culture. She has a degree in visual arts, a PG certificate in Japanese and Korean art, and MA by research in fine art. She has also recently graduated at the Life Mastery Institute as a dream builder coach. She has exhibited her work internationally and has collaborated with a dance company in Mexico. Monica is the author of various creative books, worked in education for a long time and now working as an artist and coach with clients locally and nationally. She is also very active in the local community. She has been interviewed on various occasions and was recently a special guest at a local radio show called The Happiness Club and at BBC Radio Suffolk. She is inspired by nature and the body-mind relationship, and her work expresses the harmony between a logical research, personal feelings, and instinctive actions. Paper, in particular, will always be her passion and is a crucial part of her research. Its various applications follow an abstract path visible through the extraordinary elements and materials in which are created. Learn more about Monica on monica149.wixsite.com forward slash Monica Chilmi. Here is the interview with Monica Chilmi.
0: In your own words... Who is Monica Chilme?
2: Good question. Monica Chilme is a person that feels spirituality as like a, a way of living, I think. And everything has to do with creativity is part of me. So I'm a kind of, uh, I call myself like a spiritual, um, kind of shamanic artist in a sense. So everything to do with really go deeper and using love, really everything about love, about really make a difference in this world, is thinking it's me, that's the way I see it.
0: Sounds wonderful to me. So before we talk about healing and empowering with Mandala Art, which is a eight-week course you offer, I have a few warm-up questions, as I mentioned, off record. The first one is this open question about life. What is life to you, Monica?
2: Mm, life. Ah, life is big and full of an uh, experience after another to me. can be beautiful. Sometimes it can be ash. But it's all like, I see life like a, a yang in a sense. You know, you have to have some balance. And there's always the good and bad. Negative and positive, if there's no one or the other, they don't work. You need to have both. There's nothing wrong to have a difficult time, very good time. And then you you always stand up. It's about, for me, it's about never give up on your dreams. And yes, find a balance between the different things we life, um, you know, bring us in a sense.
0: Right. I love that. They connected the word balance to life. Right.
2: So my follow-up
0: question is about the opposites. Do you think that life has an opposite?
2: Right. Uh, as a word, we would probably say life, the opposite is death, right? Right. So in a sense, I mean, it's difficult in this case because in my case, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Buddhist, so as a Buddhist, I believe our reincarnation, and uh, I believe there is death, but it's actually just a physical thing we never die in a sense. We're always here, recreated, re-emerging and um, re-coming back to this earth in a different form. So I don't really see a, a clear opposite, if it makes sense. Yeah. In my case, it's a personal opinion, of course, because of my practice and my faith. It might be just about that.
0: Right, right. Very much makes sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. And my last question about life is... What do you think is the purpose of life, this um, experience in a human body?
2: This is a question I always ask myself sometimes. ask ask uh, ourselves, ask all the time. And, uh, <laughs> and I think, yeah, if you don't find an answer, that, uh, that life can be very hard because you don't see why you're here. And... Uh, I think I've been feeling like that for a long time, but now I really see more clearly about what life is about, my purpose. And the purpose can be different for uh, each of us, in my opinion, as far as something related to what we really make us feel alive, something that we really love. I substitute now the word should with what I love. What should I do? No, I don't ask myself what should I do, ask what would I love to do, and that's something it was new to me in a few years back. I didn't never thought about that. You know, the way you grow up, I think of the, it's, it will be installed, you know, through time when you grow up. And then you realize it's not there. So the purpose can be any type of purpose as far as you really reach out to you deeply inside of you, where you really are. And not pretending or not really wanting to be anything else just because other people say that.
0: Right. Boy, I love that. Instead of asking, what would I do or should I do? What do I love to do, right? That's a wonderful way of uh, experiencing life, if you keep asking that question. That's a beautiful insight. What is another word for healing?
2: Uh, healing, well, I just, um, I don't know, for me, I think healing and um, it might be also consider another word I could use would be like um, somehow like saving yourself saving, I don't know if it makes sense it's kind of strange actually but it just comes to me like um, the moment you heal yourself you like saving yourself of what actually been blocking you in a sense so it's like a saving moment or a freedom, I think also healing can be a form of freedom in my opinion, maybe better than saving, I think freedom would be a good word for me to describe healing at the same time. I mean, that's what I'm feeling, especially especially right now after you ask it, because it's an interesting question. So, yes, I think it might be an interesting term to use for that.
0: Freedom. Yeah, that makes sense. It resonates. And my other question has to do with what you do. What is it like to feel empowered?
2: Mm, it's a beautiful feeling, honestly, because I've been... <laughs> I've been experiencing that more lately, as I said, and uh, because I had a, a big shift in my life um, in the last few years. I'm not going in detail, but you know, the shift was big, and the you know, it changed a lot. So, yeah, I think feel empowering when you actually feel. First of all, the moment you really realize that you love who you are, and you know who you are. First of all, know who you are, and then you can love that, because. Uh, Sometimes I found difficult to. I did find difficult to really be able to you know see what actually you are. And some people I work with, and, and you know I just try try to help. They often ask me that I don't know where I am, and that's it's not it's not rare. It happens all the time. So. And I think, yeah, and um, the moment you feel empowered or you have this healing, I think empower healing, that's why I consider always together. Like a, it's a passage between a, a healing and then you empowering because you're healing. So the empowerment is the moment you really, like you see the light in a sense. If you see, imagine like visually, like I see a big light in front of you and you can see an opening. Everything is open in front of you. You can go in and just follow your dreams. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. I think I heard you saying what we are, not who, but
2: what. Hmm. I think so because uh, it's not a, a way to to be negative in terms of what, because maybe sometimes because I do believe that we are human beings. Of course we are, but also we are spirit spiritual beings. We are like I mean, my mentor used to say we are spirit uh, spirit spiritual beings living in a human experience. So. When I say what, it's kind of more abstract, you know, in a sense of being something more than just a body and, you know, I don't know, blood and flesh, flesh and blood, sorry. I don't know if it makes sense. That's why I say what. Not in a negative sense because we are human and who would be more for people. And that's why it comes out for me as what.
0: Yeah. But well, most people, they say who you are, not what. So this is refreshing to hear.
2: And I have
0: two more questions here that, they relate to being a female in a human body. What do you love the most about being a woman?
2: Wow, uh, being a woman, I'm sometimes I'm, I'm always afraid to say because I'm not saying that women are better than men. I would never say that. We're all different, but women they have something. There's something more I can explain. I realized, and maybe because they have the power to make to you know give life, and there's something about. Uh, I think it's about the fact that we we most easily tend to um, lead, follow our heart and less our mind, which some people might think it can be negative. You do, but actually follow your intuition. It make it, I think it, women find it easier than men, and sometimes I'm not saying all. I mean I'm not want to say anything, and you know just the, and and I do believe that it's amazing what we can create together within we women, women, men and women. And that's the beauty of uh, nature, what we are and the fact that we are, you know, uh, different sex and that we are different. And that's the beauty of it. But yes, I do feel this, um, the way we are in terms of uh, follow, uh, use our art more in the thing we do, which uh, it might be something way can help us in a sense, like something I like to share more and more with other women, or even with men, you know, then it's different for them, the way they do it. But yeah, um, I do see this way in, uh, in the, as, a, as a woman, I think.
0: And my other question is, what is the most challenging aspect about being a woman?
2: Mm, yeah, there are challenges as well. <laughs> like, I think the, I don't know, sometimes we tend to, um, women, as, um, especially we're gonna, we are mothers as well, not all of us, you know, being mothers is uh, it makes it more challenging when you actually have to find a balance. So sometimes women are more, struggle with the balance between being a mom being a wife or being, you know, been a, a, a career person or just follow the dreams. And at the same time, I want to really give all to the family as well, you know, kind of a, because it's both important for us. But now, you know, time change and a career is important too. And uh, depends what career you do. You can mix them in a sense. Find the balance is what I personally find is sometimes more challenging. And I'm not, think, the only one. I mean, between... Amongst friends, we talk often about this, and it's important. And but sometimes challenging to find this balance, you know, personal life when you what you want to do in career and.
0: That is true. Yeah, balance is always this um, uh, amazing state of being. That it doesn't seem to be a destination, though. Balance. It seems to be right, uh, Monica. It's like.
2: Yes, I keep using the word man, uh, balance, if you notice. I used it before, and it's nice now. So it looks like balance, is seems like a, a very important natural way to uh, understand life. If there's no balance between things, it's more difficult to really go move forward, in a sense. I'm not sure. But it, yeah, I do see uh, balance as a very important term that I often use and repeat, so easy Probably in the way I am, or it's something important in life, I think, and even natural life. There has to be a balance, natural life, and negative. so it has to be a reason why, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I suppose.
0: No, it is important, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So let me see. I have a few questions left here. Let me ask you this one. At this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need?
2: Well, consider what we're going through with, you know, the coronavirus and things. This is, uh, for me, it's really a time for waking up from everything. We just need to see things in perspective. I mean, I'm very very close and I really feel nature as a part of us. And I do think the need for us is to really return to that. Return to nature, understand we are not separate from it. And when I talk about nature, it can be environment, it can be any, any form of nature in a sense of being, even as a human nature. Because if I think about it, when, uh, I mean, I, at the, the time I've been reading or studying about shamanism, it's just about being connected with nature. And we forget all that maybe with the coronavirus, there have been already some changes in, in people's life because you connect more with the people around you and therefore with the environment as well. And that's again bring balance. Sorry if I use the balance again the word, but yes, uh, is uh, maybe because I'm um, it, very um, I care a lot about nature and the way we connect with the rest of the world. So and I care about our planet, what we do into it. So I think it's kind of waking up about that specifically. But when I talk about nature, it can be also about human nature. You know, seeing more in ourselves and what's really matter. What it you mean a matter? matter for us? What's really important?
0: Right. I agree. Yeah, I love the way you connected the word balance to life and then to being a woman and then very much nature. So everything is connected. We know and balance, it is uh, very obvious to see in nature. It gets everything accomplished with so much grace.
2: Yeah, sometimes we don't, but we don't see or we don't do things that because we forgot how to do it. In a sense, to be really connected, just we need to learn it. Again.
0: Yeah, for sure, You have forgotten. Yeah, and we, and then we keep going back to that balance because it's easy to to forget, isn't it? Just stay in the mind and forget about the other aspects of life. Yes. So, I and mean, speaking of other aspects of life, I guess it came to mind, the word heart, that's what I thought here, which relates to my next question, which is about love. What is love to you, Monica?
2: Yeah, I think love, uh, well, I could say, like in, I think there's a song about love is everything. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It, it seems like a cliche, you know, when you say that, but it actually is, in my opinion. So for me specifically, yeah, it's everything... Then the moment you love a person next to you and the people, the, I see love as a universal thing. I don't see separate. Fa- of course, the type of love you have for your family, for your friend, is different from the love you have for the rest of the human being or, you know, the human, the humans. But it's still a kind of an important love that makes us one. There is something about love for me that has to do with unity. And if I see myself disconnected from the rest of the world, how can I feel love? question I ask myself often, yeah.
0: True, so true. So one more question for you if that relates to God. What, where, and who is God?
2: But consider then, as I told you, I'm a Buddhist, so I don't really believe in God in a sense, but you can see God as a, you can call it as you like, I suppose. So for me, it's difficult to get to get into that because I, you know i don't believe in god itself as um, the way christian people believe in and i respect that but it's not it's different so i do like to think then uh, if you want to call it god the god is it just it's just the universe itself the spirit then keep us together They keep us going and then make us trust ourselves because in, in buddhism it's all about then everything happened to you or happens is is about you and you only you can change it you, it's not a God that they'll tell you, you do this, or you ask him, he's going to do it for you. So in a sense, but that doesn't mean, so it's different. It's difficult for me to really express a, a clear opinion. So I do see God this way, as a positive light, a great light that you can look into and reflect on yourself and see and it can help you to grow, help you to move, and then carry on with your life in a positive way. So I think many people see God this way, uh, in Christianity. I mean, my family is Christian. I've been away from Christianity for a while, but it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter your faith. You can see as a God, as a Buddha, or spirits, or light. I think it uh, basically should be the same, in my opinion. But yeah, just a God, but I think it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, I agree. Do you ever use the word God?
2: Very rarely, actually. Just because of it doesn't come naturally to me. Probably, I'm not probably using it, but it doesn't happen. It doesn't come easily. I just, uh, I don't know, it just... Uh, uh, but yeah, sometimes I do probably, but quite rarely. Right.
0: Fair enough. I understand. That's true. We have so many different words for the same thing. Um, love, source, um creative energy, uh, divine force. They're all the same, in my opinion. So how did you become a writer,
2: Monica? Right. I actually, I had a dream once. I'm, I've been an artist all my life. And uh, while being an artist uh, about, probably about five years ago, I there was somebody said, I really would like to write a book. I don't know, I always had this feeling, like sharing my art and things I do in a book. Like I always love books in general. I always love reading, seeing books. The, the idea of a book, of um, publishing something, always uh, attracts me. And uh, I started actually by, you can call it the accident, but I don't believe in accident. I don't believe in everything for a reason and that probably that's why. And uh, I was actually pregnant at the time, and uh, what happened? And there was a lady that was joining a workshop I was doing on origami, and we've been talking through emails. And after a while, because there, there was a cancellation, she told me, uh, "I'm really sorry. I, really, I would have been very happy to do this workshop with you." And I don't know. We kept keep talking, and as she was mentioning, she was writing a book, and it came out out of blue. Like this, say, you know, I I know that the, actually the the publisher I'm working with, they're looking for someone to write something on origami. And then I mentioned, oh, I love that. Because, you know, I, actually, I have to tell you, it always been my dream to write a book. I didn't think about specifically on what form of art well, I do, in different things I do. but And that that's what happened, actually. I contacted the publisher. They were very happy. And they start from there. And after the first book, they asked me to write another one. And then another one. So it, it was good. Because uh, I didn't have to worry about self-publishing, there were commission in the book, and and I I enjoy so much doing it, and they were all very happy, and we also had a beautiful relationship with the team, the publisher here in in, in UK actually, London specifically, and yeah, so it was a yeah a great, um, it actually one of my dreams that became true. <laughs> yeah,
0: I love that. Yeah, writing such a healing tool, it's magical in a way. I think so too. And let me ask you a few more questions before we talk about um, mandala art. So the next one I wanted to ask you is, why did you choose to become a professional artist and also transformational life coach?
2: What, professional artist? I don't think I chose that. It just happened. It just where I am. Like, I think I, when I, the moment I was born. I mean, my mom used to tell me that since I was two or three, they all, I was always drawing. Whatever I was drawing, drawing, and there was something about it was also another way to communicate. Some people, and then that's why sometimes I realize how much art, how much helps so for people. Then you know, maybe had difficulties or maybe very shy, and it was the best way for me to communicate at the time. In terms of becoming a professional, like to really want this to be my life and really be a profession, do this as a job, it, it came naturally because I it that's what I loved, and it was make me feel alive, and I felt like I couldn't do anything else. You know, that was me. But the moment um, there was a shift in my life, I realized then how powerful art could be and how much I love the passion I have and, you know, through actually testimonial about people and people was telling me about the way I was teaching, the way I was doing things, I realized I really wanted to help people through art. And that what brought me to the transformational coaching, coaching, uh, which is not related to art, but, you know, it's related with, with me, the way I wanted to do my work and to also shift my own life at the same time. And so that's the way I actually started, just because I um, I found out about this lady, which is my mentor, and actually she's American, because I studied with an American institution. So, and yeah, it just, uh, it just coming together, like becoming, how uh, can I say, remember who I am. It helped me to that first for me, and then I realized, oh, I want to do the same for others. And that's when I did this to become actually and teach the same thing to others. But because I'm an artist and that's what I am more more deeply, I wanted to bring that into my artwork, not just as uh, separate things. So coaching art becoming one. That's why the healing, so that's basically the origin of my idea, the way I I do it now.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. It's very inspiring too, um, art and transformational. They seem to go together: transformation and art, creativity. Right. So, in your bio, you mentioned something interesting. You said that that you have this strong spiritual connection with Japan and its culture. So I'm wondering why. Oh yes,
2: yes, true. <laughs> I think it all started when I was um, a bit younger, when I was still uh, just starting university. And I've, I think it started with a book. It might have started before, maybe it was in me already. But no, I discovered, I realized that the love I had, the passion I had for Japan and the culture in general, or the philosophy, because I've read this book, which is called The Book of Tea, which is a famous uh, Japanese writer. I can't remember the name right now. but And it's actually, even if you think it's just about tea, it's not just about tea. It's about philosophy. And uh, it's like, you know, when you think you light up. Ooh, and then something happened to you. So that book uh, kind of opened opened up to me a lot of things and and, uh, everything was making sense. And then also as an artist, many people were looking at my work, they would say, are you Japanese? And I was asking, why are they asking me if I'm a Japanese? And then I realized there was something in the way I was doing things, the style, the approach, which is quite unique in a sense. I'm Italian. And Italian, you know, we, we, you know, in Italy was born perspective, all about this kind of a typical form of art is quite famous. The perspective, which is actually the opposite of what I actually love about Japanese art, is all about minimalism. It's all about simplicity, no perspective and anything like that. All like in, uh, in 2D instead of 3D, in a sense. So where less is more, which is completely from my origin as a, you know uh, from Italy, but it's. It was me. I realized in my work that was came out, and people felt that. In Japanese person, there were Japanese people they used to say that, and that's when they start to say. Maybe we're Japanese in another life. So you never know. But anyway, uh, Japan has been in my life and a uh, passion for a long time now. And yes. So the the answer, I don't know exactly where it's coming from. Even if the book was the, first, you know, feeling. It might have been there always. I'm not sure. But yes, it's, it's a strong connection, I feel. Probably it's the philosophy and the way I do and becoming Buddhist was making even more sense. So, yeah, I love the way they approach and then, uh, even the connection with nature. That probably something very strong then uh, came up into what I was studying and learning about their the culture and art of
0: yeah, that uh, you mentioned briefly past lives. So, have you ever tried to find out if this was something from a past life?
2: No, I, I think I didn't, but um, not specifically. I keep thinking sometimes, and I do believe I'm not particular. How can I say? Not that I'm not interested. I, I feel like it's no essential to know if mm. it make any sense. Yeah. Me, it's like yeah. it's okay, it's there or not, but you know, my. Up with an one day, maybe realized, and in a journey, or maybe in a spiritual journey, we'll find out. But I didn't feel the urge to do it, and I'm happy with the fact that there might be. and I'm sure there is a connection somehow with Japan with me anyway, so I'm happy with that in a sense.
0: Yeah, um, let's talk about mandala or mandala art, as some say here in the United States. What is a mandala?
2: Right. Mandala is actually, first of all, is the word uh, comes from Sanskrit, the formal uh, language in India, which mean, exactly mean circle, which is, uh, you can see, most of the type of shape of mandala. So it means circle, which is a philosophical circle. It's something, you know, never ends. It's just a continuity. And so, so circle is the main thing. The point about the mandala is that you have this circle, but there are arrays coming out from there. Then, in, in a modern sense, because mandala is a traditional region coming from Buddhist, Buddhism, but of course, even if I did study that at university about the history of art, we're, I'm not doing that historically also because not many people follow that particular faith, religion, or Buddhism anyway, so it doesn't matter. And in a modern sense, it's just this representation. It could be, the circle could be the universe. And, you know, the circle you create inside with arrays of shapes and forms uh, represent different things about you, your life, your vision. So it can be many things in a sense, but actually the shape itself, the colors that they use, that they are used, they have a power in them. It's it's related to sacred sacred geometry. Uh, You probably heard of sacred geometry. And sacred geometry is all about the fact that then, the geometry behind it, and they start from Pythagoras, which is studied, and he found this, uh, you know, ratio about the the type of shape, even connected with the numbers, as well the meaning of the numbers. Realize that how actually powerful, even just doing this, uh, create a mandala, create this shape using them in a certain way, actually make a change in you. It's kind of like a spiritual. another, in a sense, it could be also seen as another way to meditate, but it's not just that. It's much more than that. It's very difficult to say in few words because we take a long time to really express, you know, in terms of what, what I feel about it and uh, the way I see it. And again, uh, even as Mandala's, uh, you know, uh, basic origin, I think the way I connect with it, it might be slightly different for other people connect to Mandala, but basically uh, that what it is and uh, we know how powerful it could be, really. And I had the proof because I did. Lately, I did see people really tell me a lady really made my day when she told me, "Monique, you know, you made me see things I never seen before." You know, that was amazing for me because it's not just it's something very deep. You know, like I found something I found something about myself I didn't know I had. What's more transformation than that? You know, just doing a mandala. So. If you're just doing also the visual, as an artist, I do believe in the the strengths and power of the visual thing, the fact you, you look at certain things. Looking is not, writing is important and make also transform, you know, making affirmations, but the drawing and the, the creating the shapes, the color you use, they're very, they're more, I could say they connect more directly with your inner self because it's, it's more direct, it's more natural in a sense colors and, you know, form shapes, make it more natural more more related to nature and therefore more more coming into you in a deeper way and sometimes easier way some people find it easier to look into themselves through mandala which is also a subtle way which I, what I like, it doesn't really uh, how can I say it doesn't really harm you in a sense it doesn't mean, uh, not harm you, sorry, it's the wrong word I'll just say it doesn't really um, put you in a difficult situation or find confusion, or it just relaxes you. You might not find as much as anyone has a different approach and different feeling when they do it, but it's, it's always positive. It can come something small, some, for some people, come something big, but it's always kind of a subtle way to get into that, which can make it delicate, gentle, it's like a gentle healing and transformation. Oh.
0: I love that. This idea of um, connecting with the deepest parts of ourselves, or the unknown. Yeah, that promotes healing. That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, it's almost like a form of meditation, uh, uh, active meditation.
2: Yeah, it, it's a more like yes, active meditation because you do much more than just meditation. Is great. I do all the time, but it's even something more into that. Yeah. So how did
0: you become interested in, in mandalas or mandala art?
2: As I was saying, I studied actually Asian art, uh, history of art, specifically uh, Korean and Japanese at university uh, as a postgraduate course. And so I did come across as a um, traditional way, as a, as a form of art and a traditional uh, art in, in in Japan, mostly. And then I started to understand what it was. I mean, I probably had before the name, but didn't know much about it. So from that point, I, I felt really... Inspired and interesting, really intrigued by it. So from, from there, from the general uh, basic knowledge uh, historically, I did realize it was something really interesting for me to try. And uh, I have to be honest, for a few years, I didn't do any mandala. I just turned to mandala most recently. And uh, from last year and this year with the lockdown, I made so... Like you say, that's a good thing. I like to say that. I made a mandala every day. And you know what we say? and um, You say for Apple, I would say a mandala day, keep the doctor away.
0: <laughs> True.
2: <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> well, I know it's a kind of a joke, but it actually makes sense. So yeah. uh, I did many mandala and, you know, even in me create something. So he actually been reasoning it in a very strong way. It like go into place and I realize, oh, wow, this is me. So mandala is really about, that's what the kind of art. I do other things as an artist. I'm not saying that I only draw mandalas, but because when I do certain things related to to the transformation of mandala, it's more natural to come for me as an artist than I do as an artist itself. And then other things I do relate to transformation at times. But the mandala is really... Becoming like a part of me. Some of my friends say, you're becoming a mandala woman in uh, the mandala woman in Suffolk, which is the area where we live. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of becoming like uh, one with it, you know, become a real part of me. Like, I just need to do it. And, and I love to see all the mandala that people share with me in my group, or the Facebook group I have and things that they share. It, it's really amazing and. the... Um, make me grow as well, not just the other people. I always open, it. No, you know, we're all um, helping each other in a sense. Kind of a, so, yeah, it's not very recent, but no, so not very recent in terms of the origin of the interest in mandala, but in terms of using a lot of this as a tool, a lot of mandala as a tool is more recent in a sense. But it's been a-
0: Right. What a wonderful tool, healing tool. Yeah, I love the colors, the ones you... You have showed to me, sent it to me. They're incredibly beautiful. Just to look at it and thoughts change and they calm down. I feel a lot more the sense of calmness by looking at them. So that's some colors more than others for some reason. Talk to me about the eight-week course that you offer, Healing and Empowering with Mandala Art.
2: Yes, it's a new venture I'm going through and um, it, I'm still going finish up the course, but it will be ready soon. And uh, it's actually a new idea when I mix, it's actually a linking together. The I know the, Just to explain, the, the training I did as a transformational life coach, which I'm certified for, is specifically called Dream Builder. So I'm a dream building coach yeah, as a coach. So the dream building has a certain, um, you know, um, input and uh, concept, which I learned that they have become part of me. So I mix that knowledge with the mandala art I know too as an artist. So I just joined forces between art and coaching in a sense in my career. And that, that the way the course be, started. So the course is, as I say, is, uh, is made up of eight weeks. And each week has a different input, like a, a theme, in a sense. So uh, just to give you an, an example, for example, it starts with, uh, of course, people have to understand even a basic idea of what a mandala is, how to do it, because if you've never done it, you can't just go directly and tell you, do this mandala, because you don't know what it is. So the, the first weeks is about really getting to the idea of what a mandala is, some information about the the world, the history or the origin it just the meaning, symbology, and some of the, in different world, different um, parts of the world, what they present in different cultures, which is very interesting. Just a basic one, just to give an idea to people. And then they get into a specific topic. So, for example, I'm going to, I have a week There is a, you need to create a gratitude mandala. There is an abundance mandala. There is also a letting go fear mandala and the vision mandala, which is about uh, create your vision into um, into a mandala. So uh, every input is just about is about setting the intention before you start. That will make the transformation even more powerful. But you have to enjoy what you do. It is not you're gonna think about it while you do it. You just enjoy joy. But the fact you have an intention before that. In your mind, in your heart, it's already there. You don't need to think about it. It's just a set intention before that. Once you do that and you start drawing and having fun, having a lot of feelings and using the color the way you feel, it, 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 that's the journey starts. And the color, I have also some information about symbology of colors. I did study color therapy as well. But I do believe, especially with mandala, I don't want people to worry too much about symbology of colors in general but think about the color, the way they come from them. Also colors, I mean, I do believe colors as a general symbology, uh, you know, there is a psychology of colors, but I do believe that because each culture see color in a different way, uh, black can mean something for a certain culture and for different for another. So in the mandala, I give some idea, but I want them to put the color they feel at that moment. It's gonna have a meaning anyway. And I do some reading on the mandala of some people. Some people told me you read me perfectly. I, I, how do you know that? I mean, not completely everything in details, but the fact the color, the way it comes to me, and the fact that people to use the color, it give me some idea. And it's kind of similar to it's not art therapy, but you get into kind of visual, visualize the feelings in a sense for the color. I'm, not necessarily completely right or you know, um, but just to give an idea, and often they find it really that really represent it, really reflects what they, what they thought, what they felt. So, yeah, so that basically, yeah, there are more information about the course, there are bonuses around, you got some gifts on there, but yeah, basically, you know, people are interested, they can have a summary and see what it's about. They contact me, I can tell you more, but basically, that the way is structured, yeah. it's structured.
0: It sounds wonderful to me and highly healing because it feels like to me. I have done it before, like designed some of them, and it makes us to relax. The mind relaxes. Like By relaxing the mind, then we are open to possibilities or so to see clear.
2: Yeah, so you, feel, you felt that too when you tried. Yeah. I think. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It's powerful. You enter into the mandala. You get in the mandala. It's like a, you have this circle and then you kind of like you see your body coming in and this journey around the circles. I do see the way maybe I'm very creative. So I see, I visualize in different, uh, like it's making a story of that. But when I do it myself and other people told me the same, it's actually true. It give you the circle itself is what make the, the idea of that. Even if actual region, you can find some square in instruction, in general square outside in a traditional sense, but in, in general, the mandala is, is about the circle. And yeah, it's, you felt it too, and I think most of the people really it's difficult not to feel it really you have to yeah <laughs> it just happens it just happens. you I feeling it can be slightly different. some people find it more calming, some people find it more just inspiring so it, it's interesting because not necessarily we feel the same way because we're all different, of course, we come in from a different background, different issues any type of uh, circumstances, you know,
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I love the idea that by designing and going through your course, we can learn to transcend fears, which is so important. And I see that that's one of the components from doing this.
2: Yes, so what's the next based on that? I do believe it's a, a one important component before you actually move on. And really, it's not really about, uh, it's not about being, that's what I learned about not being really scared or being, um, I'm going to say, ashamed of your fear. No, it's not fear. It's actually good that the fact you know, you acknowledge them, it's just about being able to deal with them a different way. And Through the mandala, you kind of relax into it. And you say, okay, this fear, I will let it go. And you just, you know, in a more, uh, I'm going to say, again, gentle, subtle term, without... Being harsh on you, you know, know, it's a gentle way. I I find the, I think I I didn't maybe use it before talking to you. I love that because you inspired me to say gentle, because I do believe that the mandala healing is a gentle way of of transforming. I'm not saying other things, it's a different way, but it's very gentle to me. That's what I feel, and that's why it resonates with many people. You know, they're not ready to go. Maybe you go very deep, but in a way, don't sometimes you don't really notice that. You notice after when you see the shift in your life. But you do it; it's quite more natural, like a, a walk into. I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah. I mean, at the start, I, I felt it, and I had some people ten, told me similar things. So, yeah. So, yes, that one I thought was important to put in the course. I think it's a, yeah, quite essential one. And there are also another things I didn't mention, last things about the course, is that apart from the mandala, you create your own mandala, of course. Once you learn the basic design, you can do it, you can invent and change it. There are also, in some cases, I put it that the they can learn a specific mandala that relate to sacred geometry, which is a, like they called, uh, the two I'm using the most of the seed of life and the flower of life. They're very powerful, very interesting. The moment, the, the way you do it is kind of related. to just to give it just a sense of the second geometry and design that already existed. You know, it's not something they invent, but they're going to recreate it as a, um, a healing exercise. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. I love what you said earlier about gentleness. Yeah. That for some people who are not ready to go deep or um, straight to the healing process, this is a very gentle Way of approaching healing. I agree. Talk to me for a moment about the seven chakras and how are they connected with the art of mandala?
2: Wow, well, yeah, seven chakras is something I love. I mean, I, I didn't know anything about a few years back. I mean, I heard this, what else this? And then learning about energy. And this point of energy, then actually the chakra has or no, um, reflect on different parts of our bodies. But in the mandala, um, what I learned is the, and as, uh, I'm not going to go into detail of uh, explaining all the chakras, but we know that each chakra has a different color. And they're the same color related, actually related to the rainbow as well, but related to a certain um, meaning in a sense for each chakra. Then it depends, it starts from the bottom, from the root chakra up to the top. And the, the, when I did the mandala, I did all of them, the root, uh, Starts from the the root, the um, the sacral, and the solar plexus, and then the head chakra, the throat chakra, and the you know the crown and the third eye, and the crown chakra. So, and the color the reflecting there really help to um, kind of uh, create a balance. The uh, the problem with it, basically for the chakras, is important to have a balance. It so it's not. Just spiritual is physical, so if a chakra is not balanced, you actually you might not feel physically well, uh, because they relate to a certain part of the body, and certain also internal um, organs as well, different things. So it's just about learning to trust. Not necessarily know everything about chakras is important. I believe uh, when you do it, when you use in a mandala, it's just about feeling, and then you actually. You have to live, um, see your body as a temple. So to feel well inside, you need to uh, inside. You need to feel well outside. You know, We need to take care of what we, you know uh, our body as well. Uh, it's nothing different. Than, um, sometimes we say we are very spiritual, so I don't care about the body. It's not right. It's not about that. It's about being gentle uh, with both and take care of both. It's like you have a spiritual and then I go around that doesn't have a temple to really feel comfortable with you know you one so it's the same thing you like I created this um kind of I i don't want to call it a container but you know the beautiful body which a human being has you know just uh, that's the feeling and the chakra um in the there is also this one actually the lesson is on the seven chakras and i did i do give some idea and uh, about generally what the chakra like chakra will represent which part of the body just to give an idea about and and, uh, we know as the from the roots which is more grounded you go up and up and then at the end it's more the more spiritual more open to light and you know um so it's just uh, a different way to do it and personally to actually work on the chakra and even help others, by help myself, I discovered an amazing uh, power to, powerful tool which is related to, and it actually resonates with Mandala a lot, which is called Chakra Dance. So Chakra Dance is, um, I don't, I'm not sure how new it is, but it is actually being created, the Chakra Dance, there is actually a main website, from an, an Australia, beautiful, amazing lady, which I not met in Pesto, but I know her. I talked to her, now, uh, and then actually she's um, created that and is coming from a different approach and different things. She, uh, you know, she knows and uh, the knowledge and relate a lot with uh, like like similar to a tribal dance. It's all about balancing the chakras, and in fact, for example, if you do a, a chakra dance course, it's seven weeks. Because each week is for each chakra, you don't do. You could do the chakra all together in a dance, but if you want to do like a, to learn what it's about, you do each chakra, you do um, a dance, and the same you could do with a mandala. So my idea is, uh, I'm doing. I'm going to start the training, so I'm not um, a facilitator yet into the chakra dance, but I know I practice myself. So the idea for me would be to create a mandala for each chakra at the end of the dance. So it's kind of like um, a. shamanic art kind of things because the way you dance in a chakra first of all which is new not new but it's not people that dance you dance with your eyes closed Mm -hmm. and some people find difficult to to keep the balance you know the first time I did it I was bumping everywhere because I really feel it's difficult you know but at the same time I realized the more and more I was doing my eyes closed um even inside my schools, because I was connecting more with the chakra and the type of music, which is, of course, as a tool as well, and like, like it can be a mandala or the music, which is specific music done for a certain reason, it brings you to a certain way that you can find your balance in, in that while you move. Because actually, it takes you on a journey. So you're not there anymore in that room. You, Everyone else, you actually can be in a forest. It, it takes you. It's actually chakra dance you can see as... A, a a kind of, again, a very action, meditation, which you, and and, a meditation journey. Uh, It's, I don't want to use the word shamanism, but it's related to that, it's quite tribal in the way you dance through your core, really taking from the core from your, the most deep inside of you and trying to let go anything. And because you use your body, different from, mandala, you just use your hand and you're on the table, when you do chakadance, dance, you expose you more. You expose your whole body, right? So and the point is, some people find it difficult. I did find it difficult at the beginning. They say, oh, my God, if I'm going to do chakra dance in front of other people, how am I going to do that? And that people feel the same because you think about how I'm going to look. It's not about that. We know that. But it's difficult sometimes. It takes a bit of time. But the moment you let go, is the most amazing feeling you can have and really shifting and in time. It's not something you do once and then, you know, a lot, you were a great feeling, but you need, it's like a practice again, like uh, like the mandala as well. So I feel like uh, really something, then, um, I feel it really close to me. Then uh, maybe also because in my past, uh, there are two things I always loved. There was dance and art, visual art. I did follow my path in the visual arts. I never do, done anything with dance. So it's always stayed in me, and I couldn't find, and I found it. When I found Chaka Dance, I realized, oh, I found my dance. My, I can use dance in my career, in my life. And it's the best for me, and I, I hope I can share with more people once I'm, I finish my training. And to mix with a mandala would be an amazing feeling. So maybe art retreats. Um, uh, one day workshops, uh, physical worship, people can meet. We create a mandala, we do the dance. You know, it's kind of uh, using all of you your body, your mind, your heart, it's just all of it. I know I'm about it. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that idea and the integration that you came up with. Absolutely. So, let me know when you are hosting those events, when you have all this. Together, let me know, because I would love to uh, promote on the Fit for Joy website. That sounds very healing to me <laughs> and fun. Thank you. So uh, we're almost at the end of the interview. I have a few more questions for you, Monica. But before I ask you these questions, would you like to add anything?
2: Um, sometimes I think I would, could say a lot, a lot, and then never stops. But I think I did... Um say most of the things I really felt and it really makes sense for me, especially related to the course and the dance. So at the moment, I think, yeah, I think I'm, I'm very happy with what we talk of until now. Yeah. Wonderful. So
0: three questions. Um, do you believe in unconditional self-love?
2: Hmm, I like this question. i always thinking about, um, you know, um, unconditional love about other people. When it comes to us, I think it's more difficult, but I do believe in that. I think it's more difficult to love. I have a love to our, ourselves than to other people. I think I always find it easier to do on. Uh, it's still so some people even difficult for, to do it with for others. But yeah, I do believe in that. It's again the process it takes time. I think. So, but yes, I do believe in that a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a wonderful practice, right? That can be done by healing works and methods, as as you promote designing and working with the mandalas and dancing. It kind of inspires self-love to me. <laughs> mm, Great. So two more questions. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything
2: differently? I think I will. I'll probably keep doing what I'm doing, but I will um, probably more enjoy more. Sometimes I do get into, you know, the, the thing, I have to do this and that, and then you want to you know, grow in your business, in your life then you might miss some small enjoyment you know so I think I will concentrate on the small things in life and at the same time I forget about it even I don't know smell of a flower a smile from my son my beautiful son and my boy is is, is incredible and I, I never forget about him or of course or how beautiful he is but sometimes I really get on oh, my husband and I think I enjoy the small things even more and that's what comes to my mind right now.
0: I mean, uh, yeah, that sounds good. It makes a lot of sense too, because we tend to forget yeah, the simple things, right? Yes. And my last question what are three things about life you know for sure as of now?
2: Wow, then I know for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, I don't never pretend to know everything or know for sure something. I always open to, you know, then everyone is, you know, and not say I'm for sure, no, but in my my, you know, what I feel, I know, at least for me, I know life is, ah, this is something come out to me. I don't know if it but I like to say that life is short and long at the same time. What it means to me, and it's short in a sense of timing, in a normal timing sense, and the body that will, you know, die a certain point, and uh, we don't have like many, many years to live, but it can be very long in a sense, the way you live your life. The more you have, you fulfill it, you fill it with joy, love, and, and things you really, really enjoy, and the people around you and really connect, the more longer it looks and it, it feels in a sense. So I do feel, I, I, I think I know that this is true, The life can be short and long at the same time. Depends how you see it. Maybe, I don't know, you can use different terminology, but um, I like to see it short and long because, I mean, it makes sense to me, yeah. So, yeah, basically, that's the main things about that, I think. And, and the other things that just, well, I probably already say something like that, then life, it's about connection. There's no separation between things, between people, between universe, you know, universe and us. Energy, life is energy. I will put this as a motto on my, on my door, life is energy. You know, in a sense it is for me. And it referred to the chakras as well. We talk about energy. Yeah.
0: So uh, yeah, it's true. Um there was two things. Do you want to
2: include another thing?
0: Or it's two and three.
2: <laughs> yes, actually, yes, I said the first one, then a life is energy would be like a second one. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh hmm, I can't think of the third one right now. But, um life, but just um it comes to me like a very again cliche word like uh, life is beautiful even if it's not always is. but I think life yeah I, I use the word short and long, and I like I like opposite. You can probably notice in in a young and the opposite is very important for me to really live a certain way of life because think about life as always being happy and always be fair it would be great but I don't think it's life. So life is also imperfection, and that's the beauty of it.
0: Wow. That's so one. And that's profound, yeah. Thank you so much, Monica, for your wisdom, profound wisdom, your healing work, and for your presence on this podcast. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you, too.
0: Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects?
2: I have a different kind of platform. Basically, uh, I have a website. I also have now for the course, I have a new specific platform. So there are different. And another way, actually, to contact me directly now, just to talk to me or to understand more until the course is not ready or anything else, um, you can find me on Facebook. I have a page with my name which is more related to my work, uh, as Monica Chilmi. The only thing is that my page on Facebook, Monica Chilmi with a C, Monica with a C is as the main general profile. Monica with a K is my page. And also if anyone is interested, I have the name of the course Mandala, uh, uh, sorry, Ilian Empowering with Mandala Art, is the same name of my Facebook group. I don't know if there are others like this, but I can send you all the link if you like. Oh, yes, please. Uh, if it yes. If it's difficult to tell you now, or you to write or just tell you. So, yeah, there are places we can find me easily. So, yes, uh, between social media and the website, so I can send you all. Yeah I would be grateful if you wanna share it or put it uh, so they can people can contact me straight away or wherever they want.
0: Yeah absolutely I'll have those links uh, that will be on your podcast page. Do you have the uh, the website the one that's live now that's not connected to the course not yet but do you have
2: yeah So it's actually that website I'm using now is monica with a k 149 as number Wixsite.com, and then you go a slash a slash two, and then you write again my name Monica again with a K, because as an artist I, I sign with a K instead of uh, with a C. Uh, Chilmi, my surname together like one word Monica Chilmi, so C I L M I. Yeah, the mail I use all the time for my work is actually Monica again with the K, and then dot my surname Chilmi, so Monica dot Chilmi, then at Yahoo.
0: .co.uk. Thank you so much again and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye for now.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Monica Chilmy, please visit her website monica149.wixsite.com forward slash Monica Chilmy.